Alright everyone, welcome back. This is Solve for Why Vlogcast episode number 43. We have almost reached the 50 mark. And it feels like it's been a long journey. I am happy that you all have joined us on this journey. It is myself, Christian Soto, Matt Berkey. What's up? You're not, are, are you not wearing the... Something's missing from you. You look different. I'm skinny. Yeah, you're, yeah you've lost this a lot of... Is, this is a gold shirt. This used to just be an undershirt because it was too tight. Man, Jesus I'm down to high school weight, baby. 186. Are you happy about that? Uh, We'll see. I don't know. It's different. I, um... It's a good it's a good place to build off of. Yeah. I don't want to stay 186. What's your goal? <clears throat> I think 195 with like 12% body fat. Whew. But I think that uh I was talking to Conrad this morning and I think I I can counter your offer from the emergency vlog. Oh, this is what we Oh, Conrad's definitely the person you should talk to. No, 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 no. no. Uh he had a he had a fair idea. Well, it wasn't even an idea. He just said, "Why don't you guys why didn't you guys make a bet where uh you can punish him if you do it before he does?" Huh. And I said I wanted to. God damn it! I thought we said no fucking hot drinks on here. Ooh, this, well, you know what do you mean? Listen, what are we gonna do? No soup for you. I need a little. Slurping the fucking mic the whole time. Okay, I, I won't slurp. All right, cool. Uh, so I thought about it. And I was like, yeah, that was a, that was the initial spirit of the bet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and now that we're here mm. at the what has it been? November, December, January, February, March. Five months. Almost. Yeah. Almost six. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'll be six next week, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. No, no, five. Five. All of November. Yeah. So you only got seven months left. And you've only lost 3% body fat? Well, we don't know. Well. We'll see. We kind of know. Did you check before Austin? That was before Austin. So I don't know. Yeah. So it's got three. worse. You did. You literally haven't been to the gym since you got your body fat measured. Body works in weird ways, man. <laughs> so what I'm thinking is... Uh, I'll increase it to six and a half to one, but wow, this has to be the sickest bet ever now, but, but, or, or I'll, I'll give you a, but, or an, or so first, first offer, I'll increase it to six and a half to one. But if I get to 12% before you get to, uh, what was your goal? 19 and a half or mm, something like that. 19.8. Okay. 19.8. If I get to 12% before you get there, you auto lose. And what what are you now? Uh, the last I measured, I was 18%. I've lost five pounds. Okay. So we have to get a new measure. Yeah. But I, I mean, I legit might be like 16. Yeah, yeah. It's a gamble. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, or, obviously you would have to get measured and then we would have to evaluate similarly to how I did it, right? Well, kind of. I mean, not really. We're, we're we're saying like I'm not twelve for. I'm a hundred percent not twelve right now. Yeah, but now. you could be like fourteen. You look so different now. No, no, no. I, I I can promise you. If I took my shirt off, I'm still a little soft. I'm definitely not fourteen. Um, but I see the path to twelve for sure. I, it's there. It's just gonna take some hard work. So the other offer, mm. which is a little bit safer for you, Ooh. is we still leave it at. Or, or sorry, I would need to reduce it. Right. So I'll take your four to one. Mm -hmm. But if I get to twelve. Before you get to, uh, or, or as soon as I get to 12, you then only have uh, two months. No, that's not very fair. I was thinking about a way where once I achieved it, you would have X amount of time. But I can't lay you a price if that's the case. So it could be even money. We could, we could drop it to an even money bet. If I get to 12%, then you have six months from that point forward to get to your goal. Otherwise, I win. Wow. 
What, I don't know. What do the people think? It's going to be interesting. Huh? They all told me to go tell you to fuck yourself in the comments. Those two people. Literally two people. We only had three comments. Yeah, well, it was an emergency vlog because they weren't expecting a bet. They, you know, they had to make right, it right. all the way to the end and then be like, oh, there's a bet. Let's talk about the bet. But kind of remind people. Okay. Uh, so the bet is that November 4th, I have to get down to 19.8% body fat. We are negotiating, renegotiating terms. You know, this is like Boeing all over again. Uh, and we are saying, hey, there's some outlier circumstances. If I go to the gym, I might die and then never get the bet. You're so, saying this. I predicted this was factored into me laying you five to one. I said what? Uh, corona? Would, no, but I assumed that, that the would, gyms will be closed across America. No, but I assumed that you would get sick or hurt or something would stifle your progress. I wasn't expecting the world to stop. What's the difference? The world. I don't. I had a. I was locked into the gym. Bro. I knew what I was doing. I I started learning the workouts. Why are you lying? I'm not. You went ten days without going to the gym when we were not on quarantine. Yeah, because we weren't in a it, we were in a different city. I went to the gym every day. I get you, man. I'm not saying I'm not flawed. <laughs> <laughs> like, stop trying to fucking make me. I'm so flawed. Like, yes, I'm a flawed well, human. Okay, I get it. I'm just. I'm saying, coming from forty percent body I fat. Okay, when you're forty percent body fat, you make a lot of mistakes. I you get know? it, bro. You make a lot it. of mistakes. All right. Well, but I think look. It's as it stands. It is what it is. It we is what it is. We'll negotiate. Terms. We'll renegotiate. We'll come to something fair and we'll keep pushing forward. At the end of the day, I know you're doing it for my benefit and I don't want you to get hurt either. So we'll figure out a way where we you both better start wanting me to get hurt or you're never going to fucking do this. I understand. I want you to get a 12%. So I, that that to me, I feel like I want to go down that path because I want you to achieve your goal. I want to achieve my goal. And if it's a wash at the end of the day, because we both achieved our goals, that's really good. I would like some money, but we'll work it out. You got side bets. I do. Uh, all right. Let's talk about some of the stuff I want to get into today. So I have this idea. This never starts well. <laughs> no, I think it's actually a pretty good idea. So um, what do you think about? You have a lot of different words. <laughs> uh, you have a lot of different words, a lot of different right. phrases, right? Sure. What if the people listening could create memes of your sayings? I feel like this ends poorly for me, but by all means. But I think it's a good I think it's a good way By to, all memes necessary. By all memes necessary. I think it's a good way to get your message across in terms of Oh, you think that this is not gonna be the complete trolled? I don't know. I think <laughs> I think it's a good way of marketing, getting so, your getting your Somebody made a comment there. in one of our light uh one of the previous uh vlogcasts that we did. And they said something like, this guy's nothing but a word salad. Or I think it was like one of the poker out louds or something like that. Mm. And a guy replies like, yeah, my favorite phrase is, and he just says a bunch of like nonsense. And it's clear like some of it is something that like Nick has said in loose context and something is something that I have said. And I go, I will give you a year free on the subscription site where you can watch every season of poker out loud if you like. If you can clip me one single situation where that sentence was said in verbatim <laughs> no because way. you put quotes around it as yeah, if like yeah. it was just a thing as if that's a real thing no so yeah i mean i've been i've been exploring ways of new marketing and i'm like hey maybe maybe if people created memes of I, all of all the things that berkey says i'm a good sport it would go well for the streams i would happily promote them but i am confident this would be an iconic troll <laughs> <laughs> i could see that so uh 
you know, we have a lot of things, a lot of things in the works, and I've been doing a lot of just like introspective thought in terms of how people get better at poker. And one of the things that ended up, I realized, and I think this works in all facets of life. And unfortunately, the cost is generally too high, but I think we try to scale it down as much as we can. So first thing, I think if someone's going to take the reins on something or become elite at something, apprenticeship is like the number one path, right? So it's like, like Warren Buffett had his person and he went to him and he was like, oh, I'll do it for free. Mm-hmm. And then the guy was like, free's too cheap yeah, because you're, you're just like learning, like you're, you're learning whatever. And I think that happened with you and I, where it was like, I came to you first for coaching and then I became kind of like your apprentice. And then I learned a lot about poker. Yeah. And I think that happens in a way with like me and Chris and he's kind of taken on that role in a way. And I think people, we get emails a lot of like, oh, I'll work for free or I'll do this for free. And we seem to always decline it. Well, I decline it for a very specific reason. I would say that... Yeah, the United States Labor Union. No. (laughs) No, we get a lot of like, can I intern for you? Can Mm -hmm. I do this? Can I do that? Yeah. But the problem is, is that, I mean, we've probably had a hundred of these emails. Yeah. And I think I replied to like two. And the issue is, is that everybody is searching for an answer and they feel like that we have that to give, but they're not really offering anything in return other than their labor. But we're, we're not a bricklaying business, right? I can't just take manpower and turn it into something functional. Like nobody leads with any sort of like value add. Yeah. They don't say, hey man, I'm proficient in uh, social media marketing and I noticed that you guys are lacking a little bit in these areas. When that happens, we partner. Correct. Michael Lukic, a former academy attendee who is, uh, a, 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 I guess, I don't know if he's an independent contractor or if he uh, does independent stuff and works uh, for a company, but he's a marketer by trade. And he said, hey, I love what you guys are doing. I think there's a lot that we can do to help you grow more organically. Let me do some things for you in exchange for a reduction in cost. Yeah. It's like, perfect. I understand where your value comes from. And we don't lose that much on the other side by allowing you to like get the course for free or something of that nature. It's like, this is a great exchange. You have a skill, we have a skill, we're swapping and it it works out. But like when a kid's in college and uh, I'm not trying to knock the hustle. I appreciate that like they're going to the the lengths of of reaching out, Mm. but just know what you're asking for whenever you do, right? People reach out and they'll say like, I'm a huge fan, man. I would do anything to be surrounded by your crew. I think you guys could be what it would take to take me to the next level. I want to be elite at this game. Can I just come like sleep on your couch? It's like, no, man, that's a fucking burden. You're not helping me. Like I'm helping you, but like, what are we getting in return? Other admiration. And it's like, as much as I appreciate that and can commend the hustle, like you have to present yourself in a way where it's like, I'm too valuable for you to say no to. Yeah. I think that happens a lot. And, I've been doing just research in terms of how people network, how business, how, how people in business do business effectively. And network is one part of it. But for example, if I was to try to reach someone that maybe I have a loose connection with and try to get a meeting with them, Mm -hmm. I can't just say like, Hey, like, can we, can we meet up on, on Friday? Like these people right. are busy people. It's like, Hey, can we meet up on Friday? 
I want to talk to you about this and it could help you this way. Exactly. Period. Yep. And then, then you set the meeting. Right. Otherwise they're just going to be like, no, like I don't have right. like, and you and I have talked about this a lot yeah. where it's like, Hey, we should pitch this person on this idea or this company on this idea. I think we could attribute something here. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, let's sit down. Let's brainstorm. Let's put a pitch deck together. Let's get all of our ducks in a row and then send the initial, Hey, we have an idea we'd like to present to you kind of idea or, or kind of, uh, introduction and see if they have time or interest. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because you do a lot of work yeah. for potentially no gain. But you're way more prepared entering in these situations where it's like, okay, now I can go knock a pitch meeting out in five minutes with confidence as opposed to like just scrambling and saying like, look, I have a no-brainer for you. But that's the thing. I think both in entrepreneurship and in poker, it kind of only takes one, one pitch to work, right? right. So it's like you get that one meeting that leads you to that one product that just smashes or that one meeting that leads you to that one company that 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 does well. In poker... You get that one meeting with that one coach that teaches you something or that one meeting with that one coach who gets you a backer who gets, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it works. And it, and that's one of the reasons I realize now why I've reduced my count in terms of like picking on students mm-hmm. is because I get emotionally invested in their, in how they do well. So right. I want people that I believe in, but also are and I had this conversation with you now, and I didn't realize it until recently is like, I want, I just want people that I believe will do really well, but also come with me correctly. Right. Like when Chris came to me, he's like, Hey, I already went to these people. I don't like them. I've researched what you guys do. I know that this fits in with me and I'm willing to pay and I'm willing to work hard. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. I could work with you. Really in short, yeah. what you're saying is you want students that will teach you as much as you teach them. And I, I mean that in the sense of they'll, they won't be easy. Yeah. It won't be an easy, low-hanging fruit where you're just doing it for the money. Right. It's one of those things where they'll challenge you to challenge them. And through that process, you'll learn a lot about your own teaching methodologies. You'll learn a lot about like your own boundaries in this game and where you might be a little bit too weak yeah. to actually speak comfortably to them. So now you have to do a little bit more research and a little bit more work yourself as as the, uh, the mentor, if you will. Now, we don't have... I don't think... I know certainly I don't think you would ever take on anyone like that again i think you've kind of become too big of a. I don't <laughs> think i'm too big i just think i'm too busy well that's part of being too big like you you're running a big ship yeah you're 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 running software wide you don't have time to you know teach someone now right. you effectively have put me to teach someone you know and i still think that now so I'm trying to kind of scale it down, right? So since you can't take on someone personally, I still think there's a lot of value in in your teachings. Obviously, I I taught I, you taught me. So now we put on different products, and we have the academy. We have this homeschool thing that I definitely want to get into today uh, deeply, and I think that's one layer off from the apprenticeship, mm-hmm. where it's like you're getting really you're digging deep both both those products right the academy and the homeschool so first let's talk about the academy in in reference to kind of having one-on-one with you and then how we've now scaled that down to homeschool in a very similar sense yeah uh, i mean i want those to be intimate products Mm -hmm. right like people should feel like they're getting a vip service even though they're sharing it with in the academy instance 18 other people 
for homeschool, we're not sure. Right. I'm expecting probably like 30 or 40. How I'm looking at these uh, these products is very similar to like first class versus coach, right? Yeah. So in, in first class, you're getting treated like the attention is 100% based on on you, your needs are attended to. And then coach is more like, okay, these are all the videos and do with them as, as you will. And you, we'll There's, get you, we'll hopefully like- We'll give you as yeah. many resources as humanly possible to self-sustain, but it's mm. on you to educate yourself. Correct. And yeah, it, when, you're in, when you're flying coach, it's like, we'll give you all the resources necessary, but it's kind of on you to help yourself mm-hmm. into uh, asking for them or taking them whenever we do the service, whatever the case may be. Correct. I think it's a really good analogy. Uh, I, I think that that makes sense. It, it demonstrates like how we can make that quote unquote apprenticeship scalable. So, and that's, that's really the whole idea behind the academy, behind uh, homeschool and things of that nature. It's trying to figure out a way that we can take four coaches between you, myself, Hunt and Jack and scale it out to being able to reach hundreds, if not thousands of students. Uh, I, I think that those products, that's what makes them special. I think that's what separates them from the TV site. The TV site is probably uh, more nuanced information overall because you're getting hundreds, maybe thousands of hours, but you have to parse it all down yourself as the student. Mm-hmm. And not everybody learns well that way. It's a lot more difficult to uh, engage with all of the learning capacities, kinesthetic, audio, visual, uh, read, write. You know, the, these are all separate entities in and of themselves. And when you're making a, a, a video, the only ones that we know we're going to nail are audio and visual, mm-hmm. right? We know we'll nail those because we're speaking and we're creating slides. But as far as like getting them to take action and actually work out a problem on their own, it's kind of on the student. And as far as like getting them to read and write, well, it's on them if they want to take notes on the video or not. So right. we we only definitely hit half of the, the field with those. And that's just kind of a byproduct of e-learning. There, there isn't really any way to skirt that. So now we've come to a new product, homeschool. I we kind of featured the on one of on one of your streams. We featured the curriculum, mm. and it was pretty extensive. I I think we're putting in a lot of work in, in terms of being exhaustive. I think from top to bottom. And I had this conversation with you yesterday. In if you want to build a skyscraper, your steel frames have to just fermented is that that's how it is nope that's, that's fruit turned to alcohol mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how do you say steel frames like are strong there? how would you say it in spanish <laughs> i don't know i'm, I'm blanking <laughs> i'm trying to I'm trying to give you an out on it being your second language no no it's okay it's uh, okay uh, you would uh, say cemented cemented yeah, yeah. Okay. okay i think that's where you were going anyway that, that's that's what it's it is yeah. Loose. yeah okay so why do you think that is in poker I think that I, I I've been giving it a lot of thought because you know Joanne's a good friend of mine and I've been trying to chat with her in terms in terms of how she like why she's not picking up certain things and I'm like you've been around so like a little while now like you should be picking up these things and what I realize is that it's a lot of memorization it's like okay this bet this board bet this this bet this this spot three bet this it's tactics and I'm like okay but you don't like you don't get why right right and scaling it all the way back to the principles like i don't even want to call it first principles because it makes it sound remedial right but it's true it's just it is what it is and like i i think 
in order to better understand this concept, it's very important to understand how poker evolved, right? So if we go to the way back machine when the moneymaker boom began, it was just a bunch of people who were arrogant enough to think that they had some sort of natural talent at uh, whatever allowed you to make risk-based decisions, right? So now imagine this in a real world sense. Effectively, what we're saying is tens of thousands of people showed up money in hand to gamble on the fact that they were better actuaries than the person that they were playing against. Mm. That's really what it boils down to, right, right? right? Actuary science is complicated. Absolutely. It's incredibly difficult. Nobody wants to be an actuary, Mm-mm. right? You have to be incredibly intelligent. You have to be incredibly emotionally removed from all of the dynamics. You have to be analytical, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Okay. So that's where it all began. Since it began there, it began in an emotional, ego-based place. Mm. It then quickly evolved to intellect coupled with ego proved the winners, right? So Mm -hmm. for the next like 10 years or so, the smartest person in the room who had the most bulletproof ego and was able to absorb the blows of variance and volatility and everything else, as well as like just survivorship bias, the luckiest of the bunch, they were picked. They were chosen. They were the ones who by 2013 were the new faces, right? Some of them may have been, may have made for good actuaries. I'm sure Isaac Haxton would make for a fantastic actuary. Right. Right. So no surprise. Like as we start to see the elite emerge, they tend to be profile types that if you threw them into an actuary science degree, they would do very well. Yeah. Right. Now, as we have hit the 2013, 14 mark where solvers emerge, all of a sudden, we have a hard pivot, right? We have a hard pivot to what would actually be taking place if you were studying yeah. risk calculations and things of that nature. Now we have an actual tangible means of looking into it, right? So that's exactly what most of the community began to do. But they began to do it through the messaging of, hey, this machine is going to beat poker. It's going to solve poker, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The messaging behind the quote unquote solver is so misleading because yes. it gives this impression that by being able to have access to this machine, you can plug in any sort of situation and it'll spit out an answer. Right. But it's just like a calculator in the sense that it's only as good as its uh interpreter. Well well it, it's interp its interpreter is another element of it, yeah. but but the uh, the actual um, data that you put in, right? So it's only as good as the data you put in. Now with a, cal- a simple calculator, that's that's easy. No matter what numbers you punch in, it's going to give you a response. Yeah. But whenever you start to get into like a scientific calculator, if you're not handling the variables correctly, you get bad answers. You get bad data, right? So now we're just at a micro level, right? And we're just drilling down on all these spots and we're finding solutions. And we're trying to figure out a way to couple all these solutions together and call them a strategy. Well, after seven years of beating our head against the wall and only a select 0.1% actually being able to make something intelligible, right? There's like a hundred guys in the world that are elite at this maybe. Yeah. Everybody's gotten frustrated. And now we're finally to a point where we're willing to zoom out and say, what did we really learn from using solvers for a decade? And the answer is the first principles. Yeah. We all understand game theory a lot fucking better. And the irony is we didn't need solvers for that. Mm. We weren't examining poker through a game theory lens, really, until the precipice of solvers, right? A little bit. We had acuity calculators and stuff like that, but we weren't really putting a hyper focus on the first principles of game theory, right? Now, 
10 years removed from the first advent of software in 2010, 11, 12, 13, all that stuff. Now we're finally getting to a point where enough people are beating their head against the wall saying like, I just don't get it. I get a lot of the loose terms, right? I get blocking and why it's relevant. I get uh, choosing candidates and how we're selecting them based on the properties of the hand and the board texture. I understand range advantage. I understand betting frequencies. I understand uh, sizing strategies and all this other stuff, but I don't get it, right? I just conceptually don't get it. I can mimic it, but I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because you get it through the first principles, right? It's why tactically I'm nowhere near the most sound, right? Mm. I, I disobey the tactics all the time because I'm I'm kind of like exploring in a lot of situations. Yeah. But I very rarely disobey the first principles. I pay very close attention to the backbone that is poker and that's that's EV and the pot odds model and how they coincide in order to drive our decision-making process. Why do you think that pot odds, EV, these things get a negative connotation? I don't think they get a negative connotation. I think that they're believed to be remedial. Yeah. I think that... Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that in the online world, in order to survive, you have to learn these first principles very, very, very quickly. And the vast majority of the people who break through the barrier of entry to online, to, to becoming a break-even player or better, are pretty solid in... EV calculations in pot odds models in understanding what drives every single decision that they make. And it's easy for them to conceptualize because they're doing everything at scale, mm. right? So for them, they recognize like if uh, three betting ace queen in a spot is neutral EV and folding it is zero EV, then they just generally fold because they have no need to push uh, yeah. a neutral spot, right? It just doesn't do anything for their bottom line whatsoever but it complicates yeah. their life, right? In live, where it's very, 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 very slow, even if you told everybody up front, ace-queen in this spot is neutral EV to play. So no matter what you do, you are making $0, right? Very, very few would be consistent in their response. Right. Some would almost always fold because they're super risk-averse. Some would almost always play because they are super risk-takers and they can lean on the side of, well, it's only neutral EV if all of these factors mm. hold true. And I'm against Brutus, who sucks. Yeah. So it's now plus EV. And then you would have the rest of the people in the middle who would just guess. Who would just play based on how many hands they got today. Right. Yeah. Right. For sure. It would just be how they were feeling in that particular moment. And we've seen this throughout the maturity or the, the maturation process of tournament poker. There was a time when people would raise fold ace queen. There was a time when people would open rip ace queen. There was a time when people would open fold ace queen. And now we're to the point where like people are raised three bet shoving or raised four bet shoving ace queen. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And it's all built upon trying to figure out how the reactionary process of the, the, the people around you are, are happening. But time is so slow that it's impossible to just think in terms of EV. So the live player instead invests in thinking in terms of, I know what you're doing, right? They invest in that arrogance and the hubris of believing that they know better or they can predict better what you're about to do than you can to them. Let me ask you this. I think that I'll give you my, first I'll give you my opinion and then we can kind of chat. I think that the, the Doug Polk 
status games that were played. And in my opinion is that he came in, he pretty much just shot fire and just said like, I know this, I know this, these people are wrong, but never really gave those first principles. It was like, oh, this is how you should generally be thinking about a spot, but never in a real like concrete why. How does the EV work? Even in the situation where you had nines full and folded, it was never really broken down in terms of combinatorics, how how EV how how the two ranges EV work in this spot. That video is a good example of demonstrating to me how how uh ignorant the masses are. Because if you look at the comment section, it's it's the mat vast minority that comments you never even broke down the combinatorics of it all. Mm -hmm. Right. And the vast majority of it would go one way or another, where it would be either you don't fold full houses or uh this is super under bluffed and that's it and like at the end of the day you're right like that first principle is not there um can you elaborate what you mean a little bit by the status game because like we already had this conversation yeah what i was trying to say is that when doug polk came in he had you know he's not doing these youtube videos for his health right he's doing the youtube videos because he has a business right and He's effectively pulling leverage and he has two forms of, of leverage here. His first form of leverage is that he obviously knows poker, mm-hmm. right? He has, he, he knows poker. That's he's an intelligent poker player. The second one is that he got permissionless leverage, which was what we're doing, which is we're saying like, Hey, we know things and we're going to put it out there and we're going to use this leverage. But he took it in in a way that it was like a status game where it was like, I have to knock down Berkey. I have to knock down Dwan. I have to knock down these people and say that I know how to play these spots so that people listen to me and buy my product. Why does that exchange work? Why does what exchange work? The the knocking down to build up. Because it because it's a zero sum game. Right. So like I think that, that was the big thing I, I wanted to touch on that I think you were overlooking. So the idea of of leveraging status as opposed to leveraging knowledge is that when leveraging status in order for you to gain someone else has to lose Mm -hmm. right that's exactly how this 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 back and forth works and that's why you know i've been saying this you can go all the way back to 2016 i'm sure you'll find clips of this i say doug is an incredible businessman i think that his strategies are very very cutthroat but very very effective and it's effective because when it works you gain the collective EV of everybody that you then trounce, mm-hmm. right? So as a competitor during that time frame, I should say it works in the short run, right? Like this is a very finite game mindset where it's, uh, I'm going to do this and it's going to work until it doesn't. And when it doesn't, I exit, Yeah, right? That's a finite game mindset. And uh, in business, in entrepreneurship, in poker, it's tough to mitigate that for the long run. And I imagine that is in part what led to him just like having enough, not wanting to be a part of poker any longer, whatever. Uh, with an infinite mindset, you take the other approach and you recognize that if you leverage knowledge, collaboration and actually building the uh, competitive space around you allows you to better police the bad actors, right? So rather than creating a rivalry with run at once poker, mm-hmm. it's much easier and Maybe that's a bad example because they're probably pretty bulletproof, but they're the number one training site, right? So rather than creating a rivalry with Run It Once and saying like, uh, I don't even want to speak their name because they're a competitor type of thing, just acknowledge what they're great at, mm. right? Acknowledge that they have the most pros 
in the world available to you at your fingertips to watch a video on. And if that's something consumers are looking for, they are the place to go, right? If you're specifically looking for solver work, they're probably the place to go. And they're ran by one of the, the best in the industry in Gelfon. You know what I mean? So that's great. You should prop them up. They're a good actor. Mm -hmm. And the more of the good actors that get propped up and collaborate with one another and say like, hey, we have our little niche in this market. You have your niche in this market. There's overlap in some areas, but I think there's enough pie for us both to eat kind of thing. Let's just focus our efforts on ensuring that anybody who comes into our little playground is doing their due diligence to uh, provide value to the community as a whole. Right. And okay. in the process of that, what happens is those who are in the finite mindset, they're just coming in for a smash and grab should get absolutely crushed because the community itself should look to the collaborative and say, Hey guys, what do you think about poker player X starting a new site? And us just saying, he's not one of us, right? Mm. Not anything good or bad, but just like, he's not one of us. Yeah. And then let them decide, let the market decide from there. I know. I, I, I completely agree. And what I realized though, in, in, you know, I kind of reviewed some of the, some of the videos and I was like, okay, like it's okay. Like it, I understand what you're trying to communicate, mm -hmm. but I think that what happened is since all those first principles weren't there, a lot of the mimicking started happening, the jargon, the buzzwords, the like, oh, you should, you should do this because of X. And it's like, yeah, that's what Polk said, but like, you don't really understand. Right. And he, he elevated his status and, and knocked down a lot of people. And now he's gone, which I think is interesting because it's going to like a new wave is forming now. Right. And I think in the long term, like like what you're saying, the good actors still win because they're playing the long game, yeah. right? So eventually people started to catch on, in my opinion, mm -hmm. in terms of like, hey, like you really don't like provide a lot of value in terms of like propping our entire community. You're just kind of like taking. And I think that's kind of why he became a little frustrated with not getting the awards or like not getting the acknowledgement that maybe he should have gotten. You know, that's for a different opinion. Everyone has their own opinion. My opinion is that I think he was playing a status game. Now, I think for us, it is our due diligence now to like say, okay, if we think that things were taught wrong, we're in a different space now, we have to understand first principles. We have this thing of, of homeschool, which we're going we're gonna to talk about. But you also want to do something bigger, which is take a big gamble knock down the price of salt for YTV to an unprecedented price <laughs> that, that well, I am still trying to uh, talk about, but I, I, that I'm yeah. still trying to talk about in my own head of how this is going to work. So go ahead. All right. So, I mean, it can fail, but the thing is, is that we're set up to fail anyway. Uh, and I think most small businesses are. So I think it's very critical for the health of salt for Y for the health of our community, as well as uh, in an attempt, I guess, to offer as much value as humanly possible at a time where we can't really afford to take on very much risk. We're just going to take the biggest risk of all. Uh, and that is, I want to drop to $9.99 a month. And the whole reason behind it is that nine, yeah, nine, $9.99. $99.99. No, no, $9.99. Uh, what? Yeah. 
but the reason behind it is it, it has nothing to do with uh, trying to make money, right? Mm-hmm. We're not a profitable business right now uh, without being able to run academies. And we're not going to be in the foreseeable future. And that's because of the corona. Right. right. And that's also going to impact all of our consumers. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to afford 125 at a month uh, a month either. So I'm just trying to get ahead of this in a big way where we can still provide a ton of value, potentially welcome in new consumers or uh, ex- at least expand our community if necessary, or not if necessary, but if possible, um, and also offer a lot of value. So the plan moving forward starting May 1st is we're going to scale back to $9.99 a month. We are only going to release uh, four pieces of content a month. So it's going to be a, a monthly mastermind every other week and then show your work every other week. So the show your work series is just uh, Christian or myself. We'll be playing online. We'll put in a session. We'll talk through our thoughts. We'll get deep into our own personal strategy. Think of it in terms of like poker out loud played online in a one on uh, one on unknown or the other or the other way could be like if if we were playing on a stream and got permission to use that video yep. we can we can review that you know we had a lot of hands on the texas card house right you know maybe they'll be they'll be kind enough to let us use it yep. and we'll we'll promote we'll promote them they'll promote us right uh yeah i i view this as as two separate plays right it's like okay if you if you have the resources and you want to learn poker at a very deep level, if you want to go over that entire curriculum from homeschool and you think like that's for you and you can afford it, then do it. It'll help us a lot mm-hmm. because we need it, right? Right. Uh, because we're not running academies, right? That's fine. And we want to provide a product for those people, and we we owe it. We owe it to those people. Now, there are another group that initially like they really love us and they and they want to support our brand and they want to support us and they want to learn from us but they couldn't afford the 125 right and they definitely can't afford the 125 now and then there's people that can't afford the 125 that could that were affording the 125 that can no longer afford the 125 and now this is a relief for them it's like oh i can continue learning at 999 and then this is other influx of people that are also learning at 999 so i'm all for it i know i'm usually like (laughs) <laughs> like not the yeah. not the person that doesn't want to give away stuff, but I think it's really good. I think it's really good because it's two separate plays, and it's the play of like, hey, if you can afford the resource and you really want to learn, we're here for you. And if you're struggling and still want to learn poker, like we're here for you. Yeah. You know, so I, I really like that play. I'm scared, but it's okay. You know, it, it's it's a move. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I'm I'm fine. Being, I feel like you make chess moves. You know, I'm trying, man. I'm trying to stay ahead. Uh, you know, this is something that we spoke a lot about once we realized that this quarantine is serious and people are going to be stuck inside for a long time. Um, you know, I consulted with Perkins a little bit just to ensure I wasn't losing my mind and that this were this was a reasonable thing to do. Uh, and yeah, he just gave I think like really good advice where it was like. Do what's best for your customer that won't put you out of business. So effectively, do what's best that won't bankrupt yourself. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's unfortunate, um, but there's no choice but to scale back. So essentially what we're just going to be moving towards is uh, kind of like a hibernation thing. You and I are going to be the only people on staff. Uh, Unfortunately, we're going to have to, um, you know, lay everybody else off in the meantime or in the near term. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, with the condition that they'll all come back, yeah. Hopefully, once uh, once things reemerge. But I think this is going to be a long economic winter. I think that we're going to be looking at you know three to six months, maybe longer, 
before uh, people actually return to some level of normalcy. And I don't want Solve for Why to just be one of the companies that gets swallowed up. Yeah. So if we can reduce our overhead to next to nothing and just basically crank out content that costs next to nothing for our consumer, I think that's great. Yeah. We'll be putting out a weekly vlogcast still uh, for as far as free goes. I'll continue to Twitch or, or sorry, to live stream on YouTube. So yeah, I mean, our actual content production isn't really going to slow down that much. It's just going to be a lot less taxing on us as a company from a resource standpoint. Let's talk about your streams. I'm enjoying them. I think they're fun. Uh, I think that... <laughs> I'm enjoying them because I'm winning. I actually wanted to talk to you about that. I think you're winning because you're forced to talk about your thoughts. I always think that's true. I play Lights Out and Poker Out Loud. Yeah. I always say this. If I could like, do Poker Out Loud in uh, a live stream game, like a regular stream game, I'd just crush. It's wild because you... So I was watching the stream yesterday from, from home. And you would say what you're going to do. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And then I would like yell at the TV and say like, you should bet this. And then as you're talking, you say, no, no, I think I think I should actually bet 8,000. I'm like, yes, that's right. <laughs> and like, you know, so I think there's something to it. I think it forces you to filter out the impulse. Yeah. Whenever I'm just here with nobody to answer to but God and myself and the stakes it's not that they don't matter. They matter in the sense that winning is massive. Yeah. But they don't matter in the sense that losing isn't going to impact me. It's very easy to just like look at neutral spots or what you believe to be a neutral spot that's actually a negative EV spot and just take it. I'm trying to think, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I am, I'm curious how the 999 is going to come out because I think people are going to, it's, it's almost free. Right. And I know we had this conversation of like, all we want is people to say like, Hey, like this is actually a really good product. And obviously at 999, like it's, it's, a, it's such a bargain, but rather just like, 
the barrier of entry to solve for why and the exposure to solve for why is now pretty much gone. Yeah, I, I mean, my thing is that I feel like we built a really good community that supports us, um, but I want to, I want to, I want to stretch the boundaries and and hit all four corners of the poker community if possible. And I think that we have a product that's capable of doing that. I think our back catalog is sweeping. So it's like if you're just a wreck that enjoys poker and wants some entertainment, four seasons of Poker Out Loud will hold you over. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and if you're like a serious grinder who is interested in brushing up on the first principles and diving into deeper exploitative strategies and things like that, we got a lot of courses on there that are going to you know tide you over. So I think that for me personally, this is an opportunity for us to uh, kind of just throw our hat in the ring and to all the critics who see a 30 second clip of something we put on YouTube and just deem us to be the worst or whatever the case may be, pay 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. peer review it you know what i mean get in there just uh tell us what you think i i'm all ears i know that we're not perfect i know we're not bulletproof but i also think that we put out a hell of a lot of good content that is kind of going unseen and this is just a nice way to provide relief to everybody who's looking for training while still getting more eyeballs on us how much are you how much are you up right now on these streams like 25k no i have cashed for what did I cash for yesterday? Twenty seven thousand. So I've cashed for about forty k, and I lost three k in buy-ins on Sunday and fifteen hundred in cash. So forty k minus forty five hundred, so like thirty five k. That's nice. That's nice. nice. Yeah. First first week. Next yeah, week three we, streams, <laughs> three ten, final ten thousand dollars a stream. Yeah. If, if Conrad wasn't giving away a thousand dollars in product, we'd be doing alright. I know, man. Uh, it's weird though. I I have this like sinking sadness every time. I walk away with honestly, with the exception of the second place, the second place felt good. Mm. And I think it's just cause it was like first stream, got the jitters out, got second place. Yeah, I could have nice. only done one spot better. Yeah, yeah. So like, there isn't that much remorse, but, uh, Sunday I was stuck three K in tournaments. Just didn't make a run in anything. Sat in deep cash. Th felt like I played lights out for like 90% of it. And then just got a little punty at the end. And I went from being up 1500 to down 1500 in cash. Yeah. Which was like really obnoxious. Or maybe I was up like even 2500 in cash down to 15 minus 15. Um, and so it's like to end up having a $4,500 loser. Oh, sorry. I was up way more than that in cash because I was a lot. winner on the day. I was, yeah. I was plus 1500 total for the day. Mm -hmm. So I was up like 4500 in cash. Yeah. Ended up being a 1500 loser. Uh, for, for it to swing that hard, I felt like awful yeah. and i tweeted right afterwards of just like the cognitive decline i had from hour eight to hour 12 it, it takes a lot of arrogance to actually still sit there and think that you're not being affected and being able to rewatch that because uh, like i turned it on immediately on the drive home wow really and i'm just like well i wanted to see like the last 45 minutes because i knew that like it it just didn't sit well with me i knew some shit was off and i'm just like watching it. it's like you're drunk you're punch drunk man go home mm. go home your eyes are taped open right now. You're loopy off caffeine. Like, stop playing t a thousand big blinds deep in No Limit Hold'em whenever you're not at your at your crisp. And so, like, I felt really shitty about that. Took Monday off. Rebound yesterday. But it's like, it's so stupid, the entitlement that comes with tournaments. Right? Oh, yeah. This is emotional. It's so dumb. I came into the final table and I was either first or second in chips. I don't recall. 
and I think Stout came in like, I don't know, seventh in chips or something of that nature. And the final table plays out the way that it plays and nothing super bad happens. I think I might've like lost a flip or two. I, I lost the ace 10 versus ace Jack, which uh, even talking to um, Jake today on, I, I did the cracking aces podcast. Mm. He's like, it's a must get in. Like you're just right. absolutely printing. I'm obviously shoving suited ace X and king queens and things like that. It's like, yeah, I understand. Um, so like, you know, it was swingy, right? And it was like, suddenly I felt like first place went from like, being within my grasp to being taken away. And then I get crazy lucky five-handed to become the chip leader again. And then I just get crazy unlucky uh, in a blind versus blind spot versus Stout, who just wins like three hands later. And it's like, ah, like fourth is such an unsettling feeling after getting lucky. It's like I could have gotten second there and been okay with it. Even third, I would have been like, "Ah, whatever. But it's like when I busted, I had like 1.5 million and the other two stacks had like... 900k yeah, yeah so it's just like this feels bad man this just feels real bad and then uh i get fourth in the other event that i'm at make two simultaneous final tables just like such an amazing thing to it's have good. happen right yeah yeah trying to power through it's like twenty two thousand the first this is nice and then i make a punty play blind versus blind when i'm second in chips again so it's like i both i bust both of them fourth when i'm second in chips but with the payout structures the way they are where first place is like not so huge yeah, yeah. I just feel like you kind of have to go for it a lot in those spots. Yeah, it's one of those things where there is ICM, but since the money is so top heavy, like you should also play to win at a higher, like, yeah, a little bit higher. Frequency. I think like the the places where you face the most ICM pressure are probably with four and three left, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just becomes like a really awkward thing where you're just not sure when you're second in chips, like how much should I preserve versus going for the win whenever it's like five x what I'm guaranteed right now. Going for the win seems pretty good also because you just win at such a high frequency when like that spot with Stout, it was Jack Nine versus Ace Eight off. So yeah. Right. He shoves, you call. When you hold, you win this tournament at a very high frequency. Right. I lost and he yeah. won in three hands. That's what I'm saying. And same thing mm-hmm. with gags. Blind versus blind, I shoved for uh eighteen with Queen Deuce suited. He calls with a six suited, wins, and he wins in three hands. Mm-hmm. Like it's just over. Right. Uh which that in and of itself makes me feel like both are ICM punts on my on my part because it's like, well, if I just stick around, I prevent them from winning in three hands and good things can happen versus the other stacks. But yeah. at the same time, it's just like we play a game that's built in risk, man. Tournaments are they're their own beast, but they're emotional. All right. So last thing, let's go over homeschool one more time. It's already launched. I know. I know. Well, it's not launched. They can buy it. No. By the time this comes out, they will have. Oh, wow. It'll be... By the time they finish watching this, we will be starting the first lesson. So they can still buy it, <laughs> is what you're saying. I mean, yeah, sure. Okay. I'll actually probably uh, consider leaving registration open maybe through the first week. Because everybody yeah. gets the replays. They're downloadable. Um, not saying like missing the first week wouldn't be a problem. Well, it's just like university. Right, right. So you can still register. You yeah. missed the first week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can still register. Um, Here's the syllabus. Yeah. And honestly, I'll, I'm going to need to do... Uh, I'm speaking in, I'm speaking to my past self yeah, now. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, because this is coming out in the future, but uh, I'm going to need to take a look at numbers. If if uh, we don't hit a certain threshold by Sunday, uh, I'll consider extending, extending the registration for a week and, oh, yeah. and just seeing like if it makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. All right, well, if you want to see streams, Matt Berkey streaming five days a week. Maybe I'm in there too, and then 
you can learn some poker. There are some clips of you dropping some gold gems. Mm. I'm just like, they're like, why? I paid $300 an hour for this stuff back in the day. And <laughs> now, they, it away on the internet. now you're giving it away on the internet for the masses. The beauty is that no one listens. That's not true, but. I don't know, man. Every time you make a mistake, it's like, you should have folded a straight. I'm oh, like, oh, man, that was brutal. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, you should have folded sixes. And I'm like, what if you had fives? <laughs> and like like they're telling you to fold sixes because the guy had like i was like you should fold sixes you're either flipping right or the guy you're had dead and i'm like what if the guy had fives he had ace eight suited like right. what if the guy had fives like what are you talking and about? i won I, I actually yeah man everybody is so risk averse i forget about that until i see it in the chat and then it's like it, it's so hard for me to like find the the zen master inside i'm no. not chewy man no I'm nobody's too, chewy right like i just come from a, a too hard of a background where it's like between the way i grew up and athletics and everything else it's like i'm very short matter of fact and when i see that risk aversion popping out i just have to like i can't help myself i'm just like what are you talking about you have to flip in tournaments you don't get to just not flip that's not how this works like do you know how many flips I had to win to get fourth place last night in yeah, these events? Yeah. Like, that's what happens, man. And the days you don't win the flips, you're just out really you're quickly. Out. It's like uh, there's been so much talk about bemoaning uh, the the bad beats I took and then the beats that I put on people and all this other stuff. It's like, yeah, you guys got to watch a five-hour version of a tournament. Yeah. Start to finish. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you don't and that's, need to just chip lead and win. No. And, and in, in live, that happens through three days. Right. You know, it's like. Right. Which is why it's so much more painful. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's like now you remember every single flip you lost. And you're 24 hours invested. Like, oh, yeah. Actual game time. Oh, like, when you lose a four to one in a tournament that is three to five days long. Mm. Forget it, man. You're out for a month. It hurts. It's, it's poker hospital time. Okay. If you guys clip the best clips of the stream and you might have some new opportunities there might be some new streams some new gold that people haven't found yet is the new frontier if you clip those send them to me send them to berkey send them to conrad send them to Corey. send them to the software wide twitter send them to brian send them to whoever you want get in contact with somebody if we like it if you send to my venmo maybe that'll help you you might get a seat to homeschool yeah and be creative like we've we've gotten a bunch of submissions where uh people just timestamp a youtube clip yeah that's not gonna work that's not gonna work that's not gonna you're work. not doing any favors to you're us. not an what, apprentice when does it end i don't understand you yeah. time you timestamped our three mm -hmm. ten eleven yeah and the stream is seven and a half hours long so how long am i supposed to watch this for for sure right it does nothing for me does not i'll tell you who's gonna win it's gonna be the person who takes the time to generate like a one to three minute clip and then adds in like their own creative touch. Yeah. Whether it's like a one to three minute highlight reel or a one to three minute thing where something impactful ends and they just smash an emo. You know what I mean? Like the the aesthetically pleasing things that can make a video that will go viral. You win. Oh well, yeah, of course. You win. So all right. So what I'm hoping for is a two minute clip where they chop it up, some highlights, some gems, some some fireworks where you just get real riled up and then maybe, you know, they add a little bit of their own flavor touch and then maybe they'll pick them. And maybe they send me a hundred dollars. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about the hundred bucks, but I like it. If they add a receipt that they bought a hat or, a, <laughs> or, or, or a hoodie 
and say like, hey, this is the clip. This is my receipt. I don't know, man. They're going to be a favorite. I don't know. <laughs> I just think they're going to do all right. I clearly need to develop a third-party board to yeah, choose the yeah. winner. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, that sounds pretty nice. Be like, hey, you know, I watched the primer course. I, I got this hoodie. I got this. I don't know, man. This guy's going to be, I'm going to be pretty fond of this person. Sure. All right. Well, that is a wrap for the Solve for Why vlogcast episode number 43. Buy homeschool. $9.99 for the Solve for Why TV. Twitch streams five days a week. I don't know what else we could do. What do you want from us, man? Watch our stuff. Subscribe. Like this channel. We'll see you next time.